Ah. Yep. Let's see if I can. Got it. Well. Okay. Yep. I'm just gonna start recording. Can you pause it? That's a really good question. Let's do this. I'm Kelly, founder of Gautier Search, a specialist data science and AI search firm. And I'm Greg, former chief data scientist at Channel 4 and co-founder of Memrise. Together, we are excited to present The Data Dig, a new podcast for business leaders, hiring managers, and curious minds. In each episode, we'll dig into, dissect, and debate a new topic within the realm of data science to get informed and make new discoveries together. We might even have a few laughs along the way. Okay, here we go. Hi, Greg. Hey, Kelly. What's inspiring you today? Well, uh, I'm in the midst of uh, running a one-week hackathon uh, with a mix of people that I know and people I don't know. And what's inspiring me is, um, you know, feeling that excitement of things being uncertain. Uh, and chaotic and hurried and the possibility they might all like everything might land beautifully tomorrow uh, for the demos or it might be you know a sort of catastrophic shambles and that uh, <laughs> everything's still to play for. I love that there's there's something to that creative tension isn't there of like not being quite sure where it's going to end up that is just like perfect grounds for for creativity and innovation totally. How about you? What's inspiring you? Well, I feel like I'm always talking about podcasts, but I guess that's kind of appropriate. I'm currently being inspired by a person, not by a thing, and that's by Michelle Obama. I've started listening to her podcast, and I can't stop. I can't stop. It's too good. Too many nuggets of wisdom. She's such a likable person, and she's just a complete inspiration. So um, she's putting some pep in my step and uh, definitely brightening my week. Oh, top recommendation. I loved her book, so uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, you need to get into it. So um, so yeah, uh, last week we talked about what data science is, and this week's episode is focused on discussing who are the people who bring data science to life. So we're going to cover some ground. We're going to talk about the different roles in data science and the differences between them and who you might hire to meet an organization's needs and what order you might hire them in. So yeah, lots to talk about. As a way of kicking things off, Kelly, we, uh, we were talking recently together about the AI hierarchy of needs. And uh, I think it could be relevant here. Can you start us off by explaining what that is? Yeah, definitely. It's a great way of providing some context. So the AI hierarchy of needs is modeled after Maslow's hierarchy of needs, a fairly well-known concept in psychology, which helps to organize and rank every human's needs from the most basic to the most evolved. And it's illustrated in a pyramid where the most basic needs are at the bottom, things like food, rest, and water, and the most evolved uh, self-fulfillment or self-actualization needs are at the top. So things like satisfying creative or intellectual curiosity, reaching one's full potential, etc. So if you take that model and you apply it to AI, you have a great organizational structure. So you have the most basic data needs in a company at the bottom, and they're mostly focused around collecting data, organizing it, building an infrastructure around it, compiling it, making it accessible, etc. And then the further up the pyramid you go, the focus is more on meeting needs around analytics, 
insights, and innovation, all while using data. So meeting the data needs at every level in that pyramid certainly requires different skills and thus by extension, different people in different job roles. But in a small company where maybe you don't have a lot of bandwidth to hire a lot of people or a lot of resources, you may seek to hire someone who wears a lot of different hats when it comes to data. That's really common. So, you know, I recently saw uh, a job being advertised that was a senior data scientist slash data engineer. That person would cover a lot of, of the data spectrum just on their own. Whereas in a larger company, each person is bound to be a bit more specialized. So really, you have to figure out where you want to start. You know, you look at the bottom of the pyramid and um, you figure out who you want to hire first. So Greg, who do you think a company should hire first? Right. Well, I think the AI hierarchy of needs gives us um, some guidance here. So it makes sense, I think, to start with a leader. So you need someone who can see where the really big opportunities for the business are, can broadly pick the right class of problems to solve and, and the right people to be working with within the organization, and who can get funding and buy-in for the team. Once you've got that sense of the overall vision and you know where you're roughly trying to go, then the AI hierarchy of needs sort of suggests that before you try and do some fancy deep learning, blah, 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 you need your, your basic plumbing, your foundations to be in place. So you're going to need data engineers to build that plumbing that pulls in the data, organizes it, sends the results where they need to go. So that's probably your first set of hires. And then once you've got those data engineers in place, you can start to bring on data scientists. And there are lots of different flavors, but their jobs might be to find the insights uh, in the data or to build the data products, depending on you know, what kind of team you have. So that's a broad sketch. It's very hard to answer generically, but broadly it makes sense that you need your plumbing in place before you try and you know, figure out fancy insights and uh, build data products. So Kelly, what do you see as the main, the main roles, the main types of roles that exist in an organization uh, in order to meet its data needs? Yeah, so it really depends on the organization and their age and stage. Um, if you're talking about a startup or like the scale of their kind of investment in data, if they're a larger organization or if they're kind of a medium-sized but well-established organization, like how kind of mature their data organization is. So really, you're looking at two kind of main categories. You're looking at the data engineers and the data scientists. So Assuming that these are two very separate roles, you've got the data engineers who tend to be the builders and the engineers. They're not focused really on the broader application of their work so much or the needs of the business or solving business problems. That's not in their purview. Their job is about serving up the data in a way that can then be passed like a baton onto the data scientists writ large. Um, the data scientists have a wider scope. So they need to understand the needs of the business. They need to be able to ask the right questions and formulate the right answers to those questions using data science and machine learning. The engineering function is critical and the data science function is critical, but I would say that the data engineering function is more of a support enabling function than like a critical thinking analysis outcome oriented one, like the data science and analyst uh, category is more focused on that. What about as that team gets larger? What are the more specialist roles that you think we would see? Right. Well, 
you know, exactly as you say, when you've got a small team, you might have one or two people wearing lots of hats. But as your team gets bigger, it makes a lot of sense to try and to try and specialize into different roles. And there are a few that start to emerge. So one of the most important is the product manager. And uh, product managers do a lot of things. But for our purposes, I think probably the most important is to be an interface and a conduit to the rest of the business. You know, if you're in a large company and you are part of the data science team and it's centralized, unless you have somebody who's going out and has really good relationships with the rest of the business, with the stakeholders, the people that are going to be selling or using or uh, relying on the, the, the outputs from the data science team, unless you have those relationships, then you're not going to get very far. Because you're never going to get a well-specified question from the business that the data science team would be just like, oh, yeah, great, we can do that. Um, It almost always requires you to be a bit more proactive. Okay, so we need a product manager. I think then we can start to break down the the, the overall category of data scientist into different sub-roles. At the most basic level, you're going to need someone to provide reporting and dashboards. And usually we call that business intelligence. I think you're probably going to need some analysts who are exploring the data, answering questions, looking for insights, helping people make decisions. And then finally, the machine learning engineers, the people who really take the machine learning products and make sure that they run well. And that machine learning engineer uh, hat is quite ill-defined. Sometimes it includes the people that built the models as prototypes in the first place. Sometimes it's mostly just the people that put the models into production. But usually it involves a heavy amount of dose of machine learning and software engineering. So I think those are the specialist roles that you'll start to, to see emerging. Once you've already got your leader and your data engineers in place, then you'll start to see a need for a product manager, business intelligence, analysts, and machine learning engineers. And of course, you're also going to need some hierarchy as well. So you may need junior and senior versions of these people, but that's that's maybe a topic for another time. Is there an order in which you would expect these people to be hired? We talked about, you know, the first p- person you hire in a data science organization. Is there a right order in which to hire these people, do you think, Greg? Or is it kind of like dependent upon the needs of the business? I mean, probably the answer is it's dependent on the needs of the business, but it will often make sense to think of it in terms of the AI hierarchy of needs. So we've got our data engineers to pull the plumbing in place. We probably want someone to do the business intelligence, to do basic reporting and dashboards so the business knows you know, how much money it's making or how many sales it's making. Then you might have some analysts who are answering questions and exploring the data. And then you might bring in your machine learning engineers who are trying to build fancy models and data products. It's possible that you'll skip some of those steps or do things in a different order, but it makes sense to me that probably you do that in that order. Because if you try and build a fancy machine learning model and your data isn't, isn't clean and well understood, then it's unlikely to succeed. So it makes sense to have sort of the BI and the analysts go first. As for the product manager, that's a tricky one. I think probably the product manager becomes essential once you're building data products. Uh, so once you're trying to provide outputs, whether they're revenue streams or new user experience features or new business efficiencies, once you're building data products, you probably needed a product manager to make sure that you understand what that product should be and, and what the use cases are and the needs from the user. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the product manager piece is one that I think is a fairly recent addition in like the lifespan of data science as a discipline, in my experience, which emerged when, you know, 
the world realize that data scientists can do everything like that unicorn that we often talk about just doesn't exist. And that product management piece was supposed to be a part of the data scientists remit. But I think, you know, inevitably companies realize like, oh, yeah, this is a full time job and we can't expect our data scientists to do that effectively. Have you noticed different personalities or temperaments for different roles? Broadly speaking, data scientists at least aspire to have better sort of stakeholder management skills because that's something that's required in their job. Their personalities may be a little bit more extroverted. You know, they are used to collaborating with different types of people on broader projects, or maybe they were trained to think that that was going to be important, you know, down the line. So they kind of honed those skills earlier on in their in their education or in their careers. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe because if you read up properly on a data science position, you won't apply to it if you're an introvert and you'd rather just, you know, code in your basement. I think that so probably data scientists nowadays are a little bit more outgoing, you know, uh, less kind of uh, cerebral in their approach probably to most things. Data engineers are probably a little bit more closely aligned with software engineers in their approach, you know, super technical, maybe not the most extroverted. I mean, obviously, there are exceptions to that. I'm I'm sure that there are extroverted data engineers out there, but, you know, very kind of process driven, understand what's involved to get from point A to point B to point C and to get the right results and um, can deliver that without having to like put on a great song and dance while they're doing it. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I'm sure we can all think of exceptions and that ideally, you know, we'd, you might want, just as you'd want a diverse kind of portfolio of skills, you probably want a diverse portfolio of temperaments in any given team. I suppose the other thing that uh, occurs to me is that we're making it out as though these roles are completely distinct, whereas actually the best, you know, often the highest performers can perform to some degree across the entire stack. If you're a data scientist who doesn't know anything about data engineering, then you're always just going to get struggle a little bit to get your stuff into production. So I always recommend to uh, aspiring data scientists, like get good at the data engineering piece because in the long run, it will empower you. Yeah. And if you're working at a small company, inevitably, you're going to be doing a lot of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Get ready. Exactly. Uh, So um, which of these roles tend to be most expensive? This is a really good question because... Well, data scientists tend to get paid more because it's a, it's like a sexier job and, you know, the kind of criteria for success in that role usually includes either a master's or a PhD. So that elevates the pay grade and, you know, they're expected to wear a lot of hats and do lots of really cool, sexy things. But the interesting point is that, you know, it's it's much harder to find good data engineers, in my experience, than it is to find good data scientists, um, you know, people who can do that job, which is a fairly unsung job. And actually, someone people who do it well are are hard to find. So I would say that it's, you know, I'm working on a couple of data engineer roles at the moment, and I'm stumped. I'm completely stumped. So I'm not really sure why the market hasn't adapted to that yet. But I'm sort of waiting for the moment when the data engineer roles are paid a little bit more, because there's just a natural volume that's occurring in the data science kind of candidate pool, because so many more people want to be data scientists. And you get a lot of data engineers who want to become data scientists, because it's like a sexier thing to do. Um, So now there's this skills gap in the data engineering column that needs to be filled. So maybe that will balance out in the future, but let's see. 
Yeah, interesting. I have a hunch that the reason for the pay disparity is that data science requires more off-the-job training. You have to have spent some time going through the theory, whereas data engineering, to be good at it, requires more on-the-job experience. Like good data engineers have been doing it for a while, have built a lot of different kinds of systems, you know, made a lot of different kinds of mistakes, and therefore can make better judgments about the trade-offs um, when building, you know, when designing a, a future system. So you probably get paid more for having off-the-job credentials that uh, they're easier to recognize than a data engineer who might have great on-the-job experience, um, but no kind of fancy PhD or something. Yeah. Uh, mm. Just a hypothesis. And I, hopefully we'll see more people coming in from software engineering. That's really the, the background that's most valuable for a data engineer. It's, it's, it's like you said, it's more of a software engineering role. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground. We've used the AI hierarchy of needs as a kind of guide. It suggests that you need your foundations in place. Your data needs to be collected and cleaned before you can start to see insights and do interesting analysis on it. And then that in turn is a precursor before you can do any highfalutin uh, machine learning. Probably that's a useful guide for the order in which you might want to build up your team, that you could start with the data engineers, maybe some analysts and BI before you uh, bring on the machine learning engineers. The exception that we talked about is you need a leader from the get-go to define a vision for where you're trying to go. Because otherwise, you know, there's always, there's always sort of endless amounts of data that you could be gathering. If you don't know what it's ultimately going to be most useful for, then just kind of pulling it all into a data lake is basically punting on the question and you're not really making progress until you start to figure out which bits of it are most valuable and refining those. Okay, so you need a leader and that as your team grows larger, you'll probably need some extra specialists on top of the data engineers and, 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 and you'll break down the role of data scientists. So you'll need a product manager, especially when you're dealing with data products. And you'll probably need some BI people to worry about the reporting of dashboards so that your sort of data scientists don't have to deal with that. You'll need some analysts who are focused on questions and insights, and then uh, the machine learning engineers. And so uh, taken as a, a cast, um, you know, these are the, the different roles in the play. Um, and, <laughs> you know, they, they, have, they definitely have different characters. And, you know, the play is still evolving. I suspect that in 10 years time, there'll be a lot more consensus on how to structure teams than already there is now. But that if you're building a centralized team, these are at least some of the things that are worth thinking about. We hope you enjoyed our chat today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. As always, we'd like to say a very special thanks to Misha Frankel Duval for producing our podcast and bringing today's episode to life. Join us again in two weeks' time when we dig into, dissect, and debate a different area of the ever changing data science landscape. Bye for now.